You're listening to sermon audio from Ransom City Church. For more audio content, visit ransomcitychurch.org. If you would, open your Bibles to uh, Romans 3, uh, verses 22 uh, through uh, 25, the first part of verse 22 through, or the second part of verse 22 through the first part of verse 25. We're going to be continuing our series that we've been going through for a little while here through the book of Romans, which brings us to this passage. Um, I will pray for us and we'll jump in. Lord, we thank you for the mercy, the forgiveness, the, the pardon the righteousness, the salvation that we have in Jesus. Um, Lord, I pray that we would remember that Christ alone is our only hope of salvation before you, of being declared righteous in your sight, and that we, we would live accordingly, that we would worship together this morning and with the rest of our lives accordingly. Lord, Lord just remind us of these basic gospel truths as we dig into your word together as your people this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so uh, Romans three twenty-two through the first part of 25. Um, we'll walk through it and kind of unpack it as we go. So looking first at 20, 22, the second part through verse 23 it says, For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, let's kind of break down what Paul is saying here. So starting with, for there's no distinction, um, he's getting at Jew and Gentile alike, which has been uh, the main context that Paul has been addressing in his section of Romans. All of humanity is in the same boat. There's no distinction, right? Um, for all have sinned. For meaning because all have sinned. All of us meaning all of fallen humanity are sinners both by nature. We're born uh, with a sinful nature inherited through Adam since the fall and by choice. We then willingly participate in sin and rebellion against God and his law ourselves, right? All have sinned, all, all of us, all of fallen humanity are sinners both by nature and, my, by, and by choice. Um, this is why there is no distinction. This is why Paul says that, because all of us, meaning all of fallen humanity, Jew, Gentile, men, women, young, old, uh, rich, poor, everybody are in the same boat. All of us have sinned, right? So for there's no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, uh, several things this is getting at. We could we could really spend a lot of time talking about that, but I'll I'll just highlight uh, just a few of them. Um, One in our sin, all of us fall short of the glorious character of God of the righteousness of God. Another way to put this uh, would be in our sin, all of us have failed to, as, as God says in Leviticus 11.44, be holy for I am holy, right? And because of this, so because uh, in our sin, all of us fall short of the glorious character of God. Secondly, in our sin, all of us fall short of glorifying God as we ought to right? As image bearers of God, we're supposed to honor and bring glory to our creator God by reflecting his character, by reflecting his image in the world. But in our sin, all of us have distorted that image, 
right? Um, one uh, commentary, the Holman commentary put it this way. They say, uh, our sins constantly cause smudges to appear where glory should shine through. God's image to be continually reflected in the earth through the creatures that bear its glory is defaced and marred. I think that's a really good summary of what Paul's getting at here. Um, to give you an analogy, this is kind of like how a, a bad Halloween costume uh, doesn't do justice to the character that you're supposed to be representing. Um, <laughs> similarly, in our sin, we fail to honor and bring glory to the God we're supposed to be representing as we ought to, right? So secondly, in our sin, all of us fall short of glorifying God as we ought. Thirdly, in our sin, all of us are unworthy of being with God in glory. In other words, being with God for all eternity. Another way of saying that uh, is that on our own, all, uh, none of us are worthy of eternal life right? Um, of spending eternity with our holy creator God because of our sin. That was true for Adam, right? And it's true for us in him because of our sin, right? To give you an analogy, um, like Adam, all of us have been driven out of Eden, away from the presence of God and communion with him because of our sin, right? Again, uh, because of our sin on our own, none of us are worthy of eternal life. So those are just kind of three things I wanted to highlight that this is getting at, that all of us have, uh, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? Verse 24, he goes on. And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Let's walk through and unpack this. Um, starting with, and are justified, meaning declared righteous, declared not guilty in God's courtroom and therefore safe from the wrath of God. That's what it means to be justified. By his grace, meaning uh, the undeserved, the unmerited favor of God. In other words, uh, the, the only way that any sinner is saved is by grace, is by the undeserved favor of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, as we saw in Romans 3.23. And by works of the law, no human being will be justified, meaning again, declared righteous in his sight, as we saw in Romans 3.20, when we walk through that. As a gift, so he says, and are justified by his grace as a gift, as a gift. Salvation cannot be earned, nor can it be paid back, church, by our works. It's too rich for our blood. We can't afford it, would be the way to put it, uh, to give you an analogy. It's a gift freely given to us, salvation. How? How is it possible for a sinner to be freely given the gift of salvation, of reconciliation with our holy creator God? How is this possible? Well, Paul unpacks it. Uh, next, and, and as he continues in verse 24, he says, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The term redemption refers to uh, buying somebody's freedom with a price, with a ransom payment. That's where we, by the way, get the name Ransom City Church, right? The picture here is that on our own, we are enslaved to sin, uh, its power, uh, its penalty, and its presence. We cannot escape it, but Jesus comes and he buys our freedom with a ransom price that in Christ we're saved from the penalty, the power, and one day even the presence of sin when we die or Christ returns. Now, how does he do this? How does he do this? Verse 25, the first part tells us, 
whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Propitiation, um, this is a word that's important for us to know theologically. To propitiate means to satisfy the just wrath of God. That's what it means. To propitiate means to satisfy the just wrath of God. So a propitiation is the payment that satisfies the demands of God's justice. In other words, his just wrath against sin. Right? That's what a propitiation is. The payment that satisfies the demands of God's justice, his just wrath against sin. So the picture here is that sin deserves wrath. It's worthy of the wrath of God. That's what it, deserved and it deserves. And because of the justice of God, that price must be paid. Right? Sin deserves wrath. And because God is perfectly just, that price must be paid or God would not be just. We'll get into more of that next week in detail. Right? What Paul is saying here is that Christ himself is that payment that he satisfies the just wrath of God that our sin deserves through his death on the cross in our place. In other words, the, the ransom price that Jesus pays to free us from slavery to sin is his own life through his death on the cross in our place. That's what we're seeing here. Um, he is, church, our perfect, spotless Passover lamb who dies in our place that the wrath of God that we deserve would pass us over, right? Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Jesus pays that wage. He pays that price for us by his blood through his death on the cross in our place, right? This church is how our holy creator God can give sinners like you and I the free gift of salvation, Right through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood, as Paul says in verses 24 and 25. In other words, just because it may be free to us, and it is, right? Salvation is a free gift of salvation for sinners. But just because it may be free to us, it wasn't free to Jesus, right? It wasn't free to Jesus. It cost him his life as our propitiation by his blood. Right. To, to give you an analogy, uh, think through kind of Christmas gifts, birthday gifts. That would that would work as well. Um, but think through that concept. Just because they're free to you doesn't mean that payment wasn't made. Right. It was in full through Christ's death on the cross in our place. Payment for sin was made for all who would look to him by faith. Right. Which is how God can save sinners like you and I and still remain perfectly just. We'll get into more on that next week, but that, that's how this is possible. Um, and how is this payment received? How is this payment applied to our account? Um, to give you an illustration, how is our wrath owed account uh, emptied? How is it zeroed out? How is it closed? Well, by faith. As Paul says, by faith, we're saved by grace alone. Again, it's completely undeserved through faith in Christ alone and not by our works, right? For, which again, Romans 3.23 tells us, for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. And then Ephesians 2.8 and 9 um, tells us, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. 
But the truth is, this is only true for those who look to Christ as their Savior by faith. Otherwise, you're still adding to your wrath owed account day by day. As we saw in Romans 2, 5, it says, But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. So look to Christ as your propitiation by his blood to be received by faith while there's still time. Okay, so in summary, kind of summarizing what we're seeing in our passage this morning, if you're taking notes, here's the main point for this morning. It's this, the blood of Christ alone is sufficient to save us from our sins. I'll say that again. The blood of Christ alone is sufficient to save us from our sins. Nothing else will do. Christ alone is our propitiation. He alone satisfies the just wrath of God against our sin by his blood that we'd be saved. Right? Not our giving, not our serving, not our church background, not our church attendance, no other quote-unquote saviors, because there is no other one right, but Jesus, not the passing of time, right, but Christ alone, right? As the classic hymn goes, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, right? So what do we do? What do we do in response to this text? Um, How should we respond? Uh, There's three things I just want to leave you guys with as we close. Uh, Number one, examine yourself and ask, Do I believe that only Christ's blood is enough and am I living accordingly? Again, examine yourself and ask, do I believe that only Christ's blood is enough and am I living accordingly? Or is some part of me trusting in my obedience or how much I've suffered or my years of service in the church or how many people I've shared the gospel with and or discipled? or the fact that I grew up in a Christian home, or the passing of time to justify me before God? If so, let's repent and let's look to Christ as our only hope of justification, of being declared righteous before God, either for the first time or anew together this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So church, let's live and preach accordingly. Speaking of which, secondly, Second way we should respond to this text, preach the gospel. (laughs) Preach the gospel. Preach the good news of salvation by grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, that only Christ's blood is enough, but that it is enough, (laughs) that it is sufficient to save us from our sins. Preach that good news to a world that desperately needs to hear it, right? To all people, to all nations indiscriminately, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, as we saw again in Romans 3.23. Especially right now, as we talked about last week, uh, when people may well be more willing to hear it as they contemplate their own mortality. When, When people are desperate, frankly, for some good news. All the more reason, as we talked about last week, to share the greatest news of all, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, of salvation through faith in him, by grace through faith in him, and his blood shed on the cross on our behalf, right? So preach the gospel. Again, even if that means doing so from home over the phone or over Google Hangouts or the like right now, as we talked about last week, make the best use of this unique season to the glory of God. Preach the gospel both inside and outside 
of the church because we all could use some good news right about now, frankly. Um, Especially church, especially in times like these, when it's even easier to lose sight of the good news of the gospel, even as believers. Amen? So to give you an analogy, be the lighthouse in the fog for those around you right now through the preaching of the gospel, both inside and outside of the church. I've been hearing quite a bit in in the last couple weeks about you guys picking up the phone or hopping on Google Hangouts or or FaceTime or the like and and just encouraging one another in this challenging season. I just want to encourage you guys. That's great. (laughs) That's fantastic. That's great. Excel still more, right? Keep going. That's fantastic, right? I'm glad to hear that. And so let let me be the guy uh, handing out water in the middle of a marathon right now. You guys are doing great. Keep going, right? Excel still more. So secondly, preach the gospel. Thirdly, lastly, as it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, you are not your own for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body, right? Live for Christ and the mission that he's tasked you with, which is to make disciples of all nations, not to earn our salvation or to pay it back because we can't, right? but instead out of gratitude and out of a desire to see others saved by grace through faith in Christ as we have been, right? So again, um, let me remind you kind of the main theme for this morning. The blood of Christ alone is sufficient to save us from our sins. Church, let's pray. Lord, we... Thank you and praise you for this time together this morning to be reminded of the good news of the gospel. That yes, nothing can wash away our sins with the blood of Jesus, but that the blood of Jesus is sufficient. It is enough to save us from our sins. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for that. Lord, help us to remember that truth, to live in light of that truth, to repent wherever our hearts have started to drift towards other false gospels toward hoping in our works rather than finding our one and only hope of salvation, of righteousness, of forgiveness, of reconciliation with you uh, in Christ and his finished works on our behalf. I pray that that would be our one and only hope and that we would live accordingly as we worship together the rest of this morning and with the rest of our lives. pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.